0: Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am eager for you to hear a bit different twist on living more moments using your strengths with my next guest, Wendy Komen. She thought this would be the time that she would be an empty nester, but God has had a different journey for her than she ever expected. She, like many others, may wonder, do my strengths matter when life circumstances call for all of my attention? Such an honest question. I hope as you listen, you will see that, yes, her strengths still do matter, and she is coming forth like gold. Like God said about Job in the midst of his suffering, she has three children, two boys, one who's married, and one daughter. Like most of us, God uses our loved ones to shape us in so many ways. You'll get to hear an inside peek to that journey for her. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited for you to meet a fellow War Eagle friend, Wendy Komen. She has so much wisdom and a heart of gold. You are going to love hearing a little bit about her journey as a mom that has shaped her in so many significant ways. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, Barbara. So good to be with you. War Eagle. War Eagle, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really fun to um, have this time to visit with you and hear a little bit more about you and who you are. And why don't you just start by telling me and our listeners where you live, what you do, and a little bit about your family.
1: Okay. Um, I currently live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. My husband and I and our middle child, our daughter, moved here a year and a half ago, a month before the pandemic 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 struck. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> and um, before that, we uh, were on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ crew for, for 36, 37 years, and lived in Austin, Texas for 22. And there's other stuff before that. and. My husband is working for Mission Training International here in Colorado Springs area. And we are training people who are going overseas and um, in with with different missions agencies. So currently, I do not have a, an actual job, but I'm working with my daughter, who I'll tell you a little bit about, and um,
0: looking for opportunities. Mm. So... That's so great. Well, I think about, you know, just how we have just this bond of going to Auburn and our, I I don't know if we overlap, but we didn't know each other at Auburn. No. And so it is fun just to know that we have that heritage and our friend Janet both discipled, both of us. And Mm -hmm. so we're just kind of connected at the hip, I feel like.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What would you say was your um, recollection of how we first connected?
1: Um, I'm thinking about, you know, when we first were on the team together in Austin and, um, I think about those early days. Well, of course, Auburn was an automatic connection for
0: us. There's just right. something about we had that. had our blue and orange shakers um, and watched games yes, together. Yes, and watched
1: games <laughs> together and being on the team together. And I guess one of my most fun early thoughts about how we made this little bond was when you guys started calling me Wendy Burger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of a long story about you when you were in England and somebody said, let's go get a Wendy Burger. And so when we started hanging around, Warren just started calling me Wendy Burger. And <laughs> yes, we always call you that. And that's you all's special name for me. And so I guess that's kind of one thing that I think about. Yeah.
0: You know, isn't it fun to have, I have a few um, nicknames, a few certain people call me, and it is kind of endearing. So I'm yeah. glad that you feel that way and we'll keep yes, calling I you do. that. <laughs> yes. Well, good. Well, um, yeah, I think about when you first moved to Austin and we were just a few blocks away from each other, which mm-hmm. was really fun. But but I know that um, that was a big move for you all because you'd been in Romania and um, maybe kind of back up a little and tell tell a little bit about what your role with crew was even before you got married and then Romania. And then I know it was a big um, decision to come back off of the mission field.
1: Yes. So um, I actually, when I graduated from Auburn went on a two year stint to Japan and well, it was a one year stint to Japan and uh, that's what they called it back then. It was a one year like internship, and lived in Tokyo, and then came back and went back to Japan on staff, and um, and then moved back to the U.S. to work at, a, at the mission training center with crew. And um, that's where I, well, I didn't meet my husband there, but when he went through that training to go to Romania, this was before the revolution in 1989, um, we started dating, and we ended up, you know, getting married and staying in the States for a while. And then we moved to Romania in 1990, uh, the summer after the, the fall of communism and the Berlin wall and the revolution in Romania. And we worked in the campus ministry. So I've worked in campus ministry since, you know, the very beginning, since I graduated from college, but in mostly international, almost totally international. Um, and then we were in Romania working on the campus ministry, and um, we have an, our oldest son, Matthew, who's 28 now. And, um, and then we had our daughter, Katie, in 1995. And in that year after she was born, we began to notice that she was falling behind on her milestones. And that was the, the driving force that brought us home to the U.S., so in nineteen, in the fall of 1996, we came back to the U.S. to kind of figure out what was going on with her. And in the process of that full school year, um, we realized that she had some significant um, delays that we were going to need help with, therapies and things like that that we could not get in Romania. And um, we asked the Lord to if we could stay in Romania and he would provide therapies for her and he just didn't. And so, um, we moved to Texas in 1997 and, um, you know, that was a big change for us and not what we had planned for our lives, but clearly how the Lord uh, led us. So I'm not sure what year we met you after that, but that was in the midst of yeah that big transition in our lives and a big grieving time in our lives. We not only were grieving um, the loss of our of the life we thought we were going to have overseas, but also then of course our daughter and what her life was going to be like. And there were a lot of things we didn't know back then, but we knew it was a
0: grief and a loss. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Tell me a little more about that. I mean i I remember when you came and. I just felt so heavy hearted, just like you said, of knowing that you were leaving a place you loved and God was using you to impact lives there. And yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more, just, um, just I'm sure there've been a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns just with your um, journey with Katie. And I'm sure seeing great things happen over the years, but challenges maybe in your heart or even just. Questions with God or tell tell us more about that, what that's looked like.
1: Sure. So um early on when we began to get the idea or to understand that we were facing um challenges with Katie. We didn't know what they were, but we knew that she was behind and that there were gonna be problems and that and that we were gonna have to face you know, a lot of challenges. Um, I, this is an important moment for me. I just kind of went and spent time alone with the Lord. And, um, of course he took me to Psalm 139, which is very well known. Um, and when I was reading through Psalm 39 and, um, about that Katie was fearfully and wonderfully made. I just meditated a lot on that passage, and I felt like and this is like I'm not a like a um a person who feels like I hear the Lord's voice all the time I don't mm-hmm. um but this was like the clearest time I've ever heard the Lord speak to me, and it was almost like an audible voice, and God told me. Wendy, I've made Katie perfectly for my purpose, and um, it was it was I heard that in my head from the Lord, just as clear as if I had heard an audible voice. And I'm so thankful that He gave me that because I can I've come back to that, you know, for 26 years, and um, so that was an important important stake in the ground from the very beginning. And yes. you know, through the years we've had lots of challenges and sometimes more than more more significant than others. Some very, very, very hard days and seasons, and then some that were just more routine and are normal, which is, you know, not everybody's normal, but are normal. And um, so through the years I think God has given me Uh, opportunities to just go back to that and to other times when he's made clear that he's um, enthroned above the circle of the earth and that my times are in his hands and that his faithfulness is great and that his ways are perfect. And um, so even in the midst of significant grieving and even anger, and frustration, and feeling lost, and feeling desperate, he has um, always brought me back to what is true, and brought me to a place of, of clinging to him and returning to him. And and um, I think of another another passage that I've gone back to many many times is when uh, the disciples, when he was giving his teaching on, you know, I have to drink my blood and eat my flesh, and everyone was kind of freaking out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, I would too. And,
1: yeah, rightly so. <laughs> and, and people were leaving. And he said to the, Jesus said to the disciples, well, you're not going to leave me too, are you? And um,
0: Peter Ooh. said, where
1: else can we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. And so I have returned to that passage and those exact words many, many times over mm-hmm. the years when we face some very dark days.
0: Oh, wow. That's so, that's so powerful just to, just to see, just like you say, just the, the strength in those specific, I'm sure lots, lots more of specific scriptures that God has, put on your heart and mind to, to really cling to. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what is a typical day with Katie look like? Or, I mean, I know, um, can you explain like kind of what her condition is?
1: Yeah. So there is no typical day. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, and you know, she's 26 years old. So we've been through 26 years of, um, Different you know, life, normals, <laughs> different different normals, exactly, exactly, and you know they're when they're small, they're you can pick them up and carry them and and move them bodily, and as they get older, then it becomes harder, and then it becomes impossible, and things change. Um, but Katie is uh, cognitively, she's literally under two years of age, so she's mm. like a toddler in a twenty-six-year-old. You know, young lady, woman's body, mm. and she's probably five inches taller than I am,
0: Godly. and
1: outweighs me by a little bit. <laughs> she's pretty thin. <laughs> she is tall. She's taller than she's you. She's tall and thin. Um, so she actually, at this point, is really st- way stronger than I am if she wants to exert her strength, and um, and so it's just constant supervision. And some days, you know, she's just more content and more compliant and happy. And, um, she only has a few tricks in her bag, you know, really. Um, but she requires my, she requires mine or somebody else's constant supervision. And she has a few physical disabilities, mostly, um, you know, fine motor skills and things like that. But um, so, but she's completely ambulatory. She can walk on her own and, um, so she can get into the pantry on her own. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so just, that's the idea is that she's a, a toddler in a, in a
0: woman's body. Yeah. In a woman's body. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, um, I know as we talked recently, when I happened to be in Colorado Springs about just this whole idea of strengths and kind of how they show up in different people's lives, or <clears throat> excuse me, how we can um, tap into those. And I appreciated so much what you said of, um, you know, with the the plate that God's given you. Sometimes it's easy to wonder, well, how do my strengths matter? Or you know, Tell me more kind of your thought of that conversation and that idea.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I mean, I did the StrengthsFinder test back in 2014. I didn't remember when it was, but I looked up in my book and I wrote it down 2014. And so I've known about those things, but it's not something I've focused on. And I think that's mostly because I feel like um, it's kind of a luxury to work out of my strengths, and um, obviously I don't have. Um, I have done different jobs within crew and volunteer volunteer jobs and things like that. Um, I'm not doing anything particularly right now. I am doing one thing. Uh, I'll talk about it later. But, um, but I often feel like um, I don't get to choose um, for the largest percentage of what I do with my life, which mm-hmm. is at this point I'm taking care of an adult daughter with disabilities. So I don't really necessarily get to choose, um, what I do with my time or how I live out my time. Um, like most people my age are empty nesters and are making, you know, different kinds of life choices as a, as a, their second part of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I tend to just kind of push those things to the side, because if I look at it too much, then I can have a pity party or whatever. Yeah. just to be honest um so I think that and i and I know that that this is kind of a unique thing, a unique circumstance, but there are a lot of people that are in life situations where it feels like more of a luxury to live out of your strengths. Um, Single moms who are just doing a job to put food on the table or, you know, people all over the world who are just mostly in survival mode um, don't get to think about how do I live out my strengths. Um, Right. And so that's kind of, I, I mean, just to be honest, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah. So... Um, well, I, mean, I have to do what I have to do, you know?
0: Right. What well, kind of as an outsider, I, I mean, I appreciate so much just, just your honest um, thought about that. Cause it is definitely so true. And uh, so many people in the world are um, even people I'm around, you know, there's all kinds of different circumstances, but um, I think of like, even just Knowing you and your um your desire to to just honor the Lord with your life and what you do, even though I mean not definitely not to minimize it, but I, I see how you are doing that so well as I've noticed you living out your strengths, even though you're not thinking, Oh, how can I use my context more or whatever, but I I do see how it's such an authentic and real way of you being your best self as you are dealing with Katie and managing what's around the corner. But, um, what, could you just share a little bit about your top five strengths and what you do, how you have noticed them in your life, even though, like you say, I know it's not like, wow, I'm working out of these all day long, Mm -hmm. but, um, if you could just tell about your top five strengths.
1: Um, yeah. So I think, so my first one is context. And I mean, what I will say is when I look at those, my list of the top five strengths, I can see that, that they're what, what I, who I am. Mm-hmm. I can see clearly that those are the things that who part of my personality, part of the way I operate. And, um, it's been kind of fun actually to look back at those and go, Oh yeah, I do. That's how I live. Mm -hmm. And so not in the context of a career, but in just a lifestyle. And so the first one is context. And, uh, I think I'm always the person. And I would say like more when I was working on teams and, um, involved in ministry more actively, I could see that in meetings or in situations I could listen to what people were saying um, in a meeting setting or something like that. And then I could come back and kind of make a big summary statement, kind mm-hmm. of bringing all those pieces together um, and and also bringing in what, what we've done before and how, what things have worked before, what didn't work before and, um, I like history a lot, and so I gravitate towards that, even in, in this past year during the pandemic and having made a move and having had Katie have big struggles in that transition, I've spent a lot of time alone <laughs> a lot, mm. and so i've listened to a lot of podcasts and things like that, and I gravitate towards historical things like i'm list right now i'm listening to um a podcast that's a guy who was in Al-Qaeda and became a spy in Al-Qaeda and all the history of the Middle East. And it's mm. very complex and interesting to me. And my husband would hate it. He wouldn't listen to it at all, I know.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: but it's because I have that kind of history, desire to know history and, um, and think about what that means for the way things are now. Like right. it's not just learning history. It's like, what does that mean? What's the implication for now? Mm-hmm. So that's um, what I observe about me. Um, and then, of course, adaptability. I'm living a life of adaptability. <laughs> yeah, you're doing that in spades. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. So it makes me kind of wonder: Did I? Is that my strength? Because I have a daughter with disabilities, or is that was that already my strength anyway? Um mm-hmm. I I'm not positive about that but I do think I've always been kind of a flexible person. Mm-hmm. And so being able to move on the fly and um and to respond to a crisis moment without freaking out and things like that. So that definitely helps me a lot in my yeah. life. Um so there's that and then ideation. I, I'm I'm Constantly giving people my ideas all the time i 'm always thinking of ideas solving problems, thinking of things that could be done or what we could do differently and I mean i don't always care if people take my ideas, um, but I have lots of them
0: <laughs> right
1: uh, so I mean, I just see that I do that um, and then my my last two are empathy, which is also. You know, I'm sure partly born out of having a in you know, a a family with a dis- with a disability mm-hmm. and being around lots and lots of other families with disability through school and different things like that. Um I feel like I can put myself in other people's it's easy easier for me to put myself in other people's situations and imagine what that might be like. Um and then belief. You know, just a, a, my foundation, my faith is a foundation. It's definitely, I have to live that out.
0: I mean, we all do. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing those things. And I can see just from having known you how a lot of those things have, do show up in your life every day. And I'm not around you every day right now, but. One question I'd like to double click on is, like you mentioned, just belief. I know you kind of hit on it, just of just the ways that God has um, just met you and kind of forged some some important things in your life. But is there any other things in just your journey with Katie that you think, wow, these are these are really firm? rocks that I have of what I believe, like maybe about yourself or life or anything else?
1: Um, wow, probably a lot of those, <laughs> actually. Um, I think, I mean, off the top of my head, one thing is that, you know, suffering is the normal human condition, and that somehow in our culture, in the American culture, we have gotten off the path of that and started to think that we weren't, we aren't supposed to suffer <laughs> and that suffering is abnormal and that it is, you know, we should avoid it at all at all costs. And um, so I think my understanding that No, that's that is everyone's everyone's path in life is some is you know many different kinds of suffering, minimal or maximal. Right. But um that that is the human condition and that we aren't called to I mean we're not supposed to try to avoid it. We're supposed to to learn how to forge through it and and live in the midst of it and um, yeah to be honest about it and authentic about it but also be willing to put one foot in front of the other and move forward and press on and find joy and find gratitude and that kind of thing so mm-hmm. that's one thing that I would say is a something that I've learned about belief you know that that's a foundational belief for
0: me yeah I know like one of the um, the ideas as we talk about strengths is that we we tend to, kind of almost not even see our own strength because they, it just comes so easily. It's just sort of ingrained in us. And Mm -hmm. I think of, um, just even that, like your belief of seeing how I'm sure that's been developed even more these last 26 years of, Mm -hmm. because you've, you're, you're choosing to believe what, you know, God says is true in suffering and hardship, Mm -hmm. even though I know there's plenty of hard days, but I don't know. That really is, is so encouraging to me. But and I think, I think you mentioned about, um, I bet there's probably a long list of people that have noticed that in you over the years. Would you say that? I mean, even though you think, Oh, well I'm trusting God with it. Or, I mean, I don't know. Is there a story you'd like to tell us about just being encouraged by someone noticing your strong faith. Sure. Um, well,
1: I think that, as I've told you before, that I just kind of after. And I, I want, I want to say that I have two other children besides my daughter. <laughs> I have, you know, my older son and my younger son, and they're just as much a part of my life and important to me. But I kind yes. of we're focusing on Katie, but. Um, uh, I I our life is just our, what's normal to us. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, I just live, I just go to Walmart and, you know, walk through Walmart. I don't think a thing about it with Katie and, you know, I don't pay attention to what other people are looking at or whatever. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't matter to me, but I literally don't even notice it. Um, But sometimes people will say things to me that I, that kind of kept make me realize that I'm being watched more than I realize. Mm-hmm. So even just recently, my sweet neighbor across the street who we've now known for like a year and a half, just said something to me like, you know, well, we were talking about Katie and she just said, Oh, you know, you guys are saints. I don't know if I could do it. And, um, you know I've had people say things like that to me before, and I always assure them that if it was their child, they would be able to do it or whatever but and I talk about my faith that you know we trust god's you know path for us and and that Katie is a joy, like I really actually enjoy her and laugh a lot with her and um but so it does remind me that people um are watching just the way we live. Yeah. And that it matters. It matters the way we live. The choices that we make, the responses that we choose. Um in the challenging times. And and that we we can live for Jesus. Um in that
0: way. Yeah. Wow, that's that's so encouraging. I think about um, you'd mentioned earlier, just about all the ideas that you have all the time. And I loved seeing just how Katie snack cart came to be and just um, can you tell a little bit about that? I know that was a time that I really enjoyed seeing her in the office and Mm. explain what that was. And I just think that was such a, a huge accomplishment or is, tell, tell about Katie's card. Okay. So I, um,
1: let I'll try to make it not too long. <laughs> uh, so when Katie was, we were thinking about what was going to happen with Katie when she was done with school. So she, people with disabilities who have significant disabilities can stay in school until they're 22 and then they age out. And then uh, a lot of people in our community say that's when your, your adult child falls off the cliff. You don't have that school bus coming to pick them up every day, and you just don't have built-in structure into your life, and you have to figure out what to do with them. And so in the years preceding that, um, we started thinking about what, will, what would we do and what could we do? And I started thinking, well, maybe we could create something that would give her routine and purpose and keep her in the community. And then maybe we would be able to include other people with disabilities as well. And, um, I just, um, went out on, uh, just an idea basically <laughs> and decided I was just going to jump in and see what happened. And, uh, we decided to do this thing. We called Katie snack cart and I, I bought a little rolling cart from Sam's Club and we baked some banana bread and put some snacks on it and some frappuccinos and things like that and pushed it. We started off as as like our prototype, pushing it through our crew office where it was safe to – we knew everybody knew us, and we knew if Katie dumped you know somebody's pencil holder or sat in the middle of the floor <laughs> or whatever uh-huh. that we would still be loved and it would be okay to come back the next week <laughs> and um so we started off doing that, and then we went to our church office, which was another safe place for us to fail, basically, and we sold snacks off the cart and so then we. Decided that we would hire somebody else to work with us and help us bake. And so, um, we had a couple people, we had some families approaching us who had uh people in young adults in their family with disabilities. And so, we um, had a young lady in our neighborhood who had um a Mild form of autism, and she started cook baking, helping us bake banana bread and other different things with cookies and things. And then we had a young man with autism who came and started helping us bake in our home. And then it just kind of developed more and more and we added people in and we added extra carts and we got a van and then I hired someone to be the, the main kitchen manager, baker, cook person and she was wonderful and worked with our people and we had people helping on the carts and we kind of grew. So that was a three-year venture um, and in that process we had probably about 10 uh, young adults with disabilities who participated with us in some either on a cart. push it. We we got to go to local offices and federal credit union, um, not federal credit union, UFC, university federal credit union there in Austin. And they welcomed us in and some other offices. And um, we pushed carts through and sold snacks and... Um, it was really, really wonderful. It was really, really wonderful. Um, mm. we, I, we felt like we did a lot to help people with these young adults with disabilities to move forward in their skills and to be out in the community, integrated into the community. We, we feel like we did a lot of good um, PR work for the disability community in the in the business community and, um, it was hard work. I was busy, busy, um, but we just could not make money. (laughs) So after three years, I realized that we just couldn't keep going and Mm. um, that we needed to kind of shut that down, which was a huge, another huge grief and loss to me personally. But, um, yeah, but it was a great thing that we got to do for that time and um super neat and um it was blessed it really was
0: well it was a blessing like i say i would be in the office some days when she would come and those snacks on that cart were amazing i mean you are one of the best cooks i know and um so that was always a highlight when she would come through the door and just her cheery face and um it was it was a blessing to those of us that got to experience Katie, and Katie's snack cart. So
1: thank you for saying that. And you know there were other people who worked for us who people became very attached to, yeah. and really liked um, liked having the having our folks come through every week.
0: Yeah. Well. Well, I again, I I see just just the fruit of you and your strengths and having that idea and making it come to fruition and seeing, seeing so many layers of it. But I think, I think it's, it is exciting to see how God is using you and the way that you're wired and the things that aren't any big deal, like coming up with the amazing idea like that and making it happen but also having the um, it adaptability with the curveballs, with the, all that came with it, I'm sure, and mm-hmm. even just your empathy of caring for those other people that were hired, and um, I don't know. I just, I think, I know that it's definitely a different, um, different path than you would have ever imagined. But I love seeing just how just who you are and how that is showing up and blessing others and me and other people that, that know you and know Katie too. Thanks, Thanks. Well, um, you know, even just as we think about like this podcast, the idea of um, embracing your strengths, um, what, I mean you kind of referred to it a little bit earlier, but is that idea, has that been easy for you or hard for you? Um, um, well, as I said before, I think it's hard
1: when you um, feel like that you're supposed to be doing something outside of your home or in as a career or uh, you have certain a certain vision of what you think you're, how you're supposed to live those strengths out. Mm-hmm. Then if you aren't able to and you feel like you're you're not using your strengths in some way that looks big and splashy mm-hmm. um, or looks significant, then it can be, you know hard and right. disappointing. Um, but as I think about that these if these strengths are who I am, then I can live those out in my relationships. And where, in whatever capacity I am in, you know, mm-hmm. whether I'm home more and with my neighbors and with my family um, and with whatever involvement I have in, in other relationships that I can think about how can I live out who I am and the strengths that I bring to a relationship or to a group or to my family. Um. So I think if I can focus on those things, then then it's helpful.
0: Right. Wow, that's really good. Do you have any, I mean, you kind of tapped on that a little bit just as you said that, but any other advice you would have for listeners who who might be in a place of grieving or loss as they are maybe trying to merge, like I said, this idea of like, how do my strengths matter? Yeah.
1: Well, um, I I will say that this year, um, it's probably, you know, everyone will say 2020 was the hardest year of their life. You know, maybe one of the hardest years of their life. Like it's universal, like literally universal. Mm -hmm. And, um, but for us to make a a giant career move and a physical move, um, like, literally 3 weeks before the whole world shut down mm. and to walk our daughter through a horrible year of transition for her um i i i had to face this year um she was having a very very hard time it was a very hard nice. year for us and and for her and i had to look that in the eye and say what if This is just what it's going to be, you know, for a long time or for the rest of my life. This is, I'm not going to have, I think I have, I also, I thought I was going to have opportunities here, um, that have not, that are not going to work out as far as like my, the care that I'm going to be able to have for Katie, the hours that I'm going to be able to have caregivers for her. And so I thought I was going to have a bunch more freedom to make to, to try new things. And it's, I'm not, I'm not. And so I had to face that. Um, what if this is really, I uh, I'm, I'm going to be more limited. My life is going to be more limited than I thought. And, you know, I, I had to fight about that just to be honest. I mean, I don't want to be, yeah. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but it's the truth. Sometimes you have to say, you have to look and you have to face the lord and you have to say i mean if you're a christian you you have to go to the lord and say if this is the life that you choose for me then i'm going to take it mm. and you know that's sometimes that's freaking hard yeah um to be willing to say i will take this from your hand if this is what it's going to look like it's you know, this, it's limiting. It's not what I expected. It's disappointing. Um, And that's what I've done this year is I've had to look that square in the face and say, you know, this, again, my expectations kind of blasted and to be willing to say that. And I think that that's where we ultimately come back to, is God good? And is he faithful? And if I can trust him, then, yeah, I can say yes to that, and that may mean I have to say yes to it every day or every hour um and I'm grateful that we are in a much better place emotionally. Katie's much more settled we you know we do have help for her. it's not as much as we had before, but we do have some, and I'm grateful that god is is making my boundaries a little bit bigger and wider again. But I did have to decide if I was going to be willing to take what he had to offer me. Yeah. And, um, so that's, I don't, I don't know if that's a advice or (laughs) what. Yeah. I think it's just that it's okay. It's okay to go through that process. I believe that it's okay to be really authentic with the Lord and with your closest people, Um, that you are wrestling through that and that you're not sure that you're willing to say yes to that, you know, until you really are. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. Just go through it and go through the whole process of it. And God will bring you to the other side. And Mm. He will... He will, he will, his grace will be
0: sufficient
1: even on the days when you think, I don't want to do this anymore.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So thank you for sharing that, Wendy. That's so, so powerful. And so what we all need to hear because we all have things we're struggling with or wondering about and. Like you said, to just be willing to say, am I going to take this and accept God's hand and the cards that he's dealing me right now?
1: And if it never changes, you know, I mean, we don't have to have the grace for what's going to be, it's going to be like a year from now. But we have to sometimes say, if this doesn't change, I'm still going to trust you. Yeah. And you may have to say that
0: many times in a single day. Right. Well, Wendy, you are a huge inspiration to all of us that have the privilege of knowing you. And I just appreciate just your your insights on all these different things and just sharing your heart and um just your honest th- ways that God's met you in this journey. Well, I have one last question for you. What has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face?
1: um i'll I'll say a couple things one is in the the as old Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story <laughs> um is that um as Katie has settled into life here and been more herself, and I've had opportunity with by having caregivers, I've been able to um. Make a decision about what I have when I do have some time that I can do something outside of my home or outside of our family realm. Um, what would I want to do? And so I decided to go through the training to be a CASA volunteer. And CASA is court-appointed special advocate. And so I have been sworn in by the judge here in Colorado Springs, and I am advocating for a family um, with children who are in the foster care system. Mm. And so um, it is challenging, and it's a huge learning curve, and it's um, I'm learning a lot, and it is sobering. But... In this case, I feel like I really am using a lot of my strengths when I see those listed out: mm, that's empathy, cool. um, adaptability, context, and you know, belief and ideation. I have a, a family that I'm serving that has five children, and my job is to get to know those children and see what's best for them, and advocate for them, and get involved in their lives. In um, so I see that God has given me the gift of being able to take some time in my life to to serve another family and to serve these children. And so that has been a, a gift, a true gift to me to mm. be able to do that. Wow. Um, and another thing that's happened this year is that I have um, – I decided that I was going to play <laughs> at home, and I started doing painting. I got online and started following people that just did, you know, free online, play, you know, teaching you how to paint watercolor. And so I then I hole up in my little back junk room and do watercolor painting, and it's been very refreshing for me. and Fun to learn, and to, I don't care how good I am or how bad I am, it doesn't matter. It just oh, just to fun. do it, to create and be creative, and and to learn and grow. So that's something else. And the last thing is the Colorado Mountains. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, you know, that's been a, a huge gift to me this year. Is you know, in a hard year, I can look out my window and see the mountains, and it's beautiful.
0: Oh, wow. That's, that's a huge highlight. I'm sure sure that puts a smile on your face every day. Yeah. I would be taking so many pictures every day. Oh, this scene, that scene. Well, well, Wendy, thank you so much for making time to um, just share these things about you and your, your journey in life, but um, a little bit about your strengths too, and how that's kind of the backbone of how you're navigating these things. And I love hearing about what you're doing now and just seeing some life and encouragement of how God is using you with how He's made you in this family of five. It's what a blessing for them. So and for me, well, thank you so much, Wendy, and hope you have a great rest of your day enjoying Thanks, the Barbara. Colorado mountains.
1: Thanks, Barbara. Thanks to t- for talking. Okay,
0: we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Right, bye. 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 so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode has been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at Barbara Caldwell, C-U-L-W-E-L-L I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.